It's time to go full speed ahead with Michael Kelly. Each week, we take you inside all the big sports stories at USF from the perspective of the man who oversees the program, Vice President of Athletics, Michael Kelly. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. And indeed, with Michael Kelly here as we are going full speed ahead, as we always do, into the weekend. It's funny. As we have this show come out on a Friday, there's always a chance uh, that things will happen on that Friday, and we make a mental note. So we we definitely have that in this case, and I know uh, we'll get to stuff that fans are want to going to hear. Uh, fans are going to want to hear about when it comes to selection of a couple of firms. We'll get there, but you've been a little bit a part of the whole college football playoff situation. You might know uh, how this came to be. And I, for one, was thrilled to see that finally it has been approved, a 12-team playoff, the sooner the better in my opinion. But it just seemed to come out so quickly, and boom, it was done at long last in my opinion. Uh, what, it were, what was your reaction? Yeah, you're right. I mean, we knew uh, there was going to be a meeting on that Friday, so unfortunately didn't meet, meet la- last week's episode. But uh, very good news coming out on, on Friday with rela- in relation to uh, the presidents who uh, comprise what's called the board of managers for this in the CFP governance structure, basically uh, – voted unanimously to uh, approve what we had all talked about in previous episodes of this, the proposal that uh, that many had, had put on the table last uh, last year and was voted down basically in, in January. So I was absolutely delighted to see that, uh, um, you know, that the presidents uh, came up, came about and, and, and made this a reality. And so uh, great news to me, in my opinion, for college football in general, uh, for uh, the American Athletic Conference for for USF and and, and for everything. So, um, really, for for three reasons. Obviously, uh, first and foremost, uh, I, I do talk about. And we've talked about this before. Having better access uh, is is just really really important. I think it's great for, um, you know, obviously, certainly in our case, as as we continue to improve and as we have aspirations to uh, you know be in championship contention in in our, in our league that that therefore allows you a better path. Right now we know with only four teams available to get into the playoff, it's uh, you know very challenging. We're fortunate that our champion last year kind of showed that it's possible with sure. Cincinnati getting all the way there uh, in a four-team situation. But now expanding to 12 teams, and the key factor here is that they, they said that it would be the six highest-ranked conference champions along with the six at-large teams. So um, therefore when you win – uh, you, you know, when you focus on all, all ten conferences, are going to focus on the winning that that championship, yes, and then the the six the six of those ten that are highest rated are going to go ahead and get an automatic slot in the in the playoff. So um, access is important. That allows uh, any of our young men to be able to be lo- look at their preseason forecast and say, if we win the American, we've got a we've got a legitimate chance on this. Because when you think back to if this same formula would have been applied to the first. Uh, whatever six or seven or eight years of the playoff so far that uh, all but two of the years it would have been the the american champion that would have progressed so that's uh, that's that's great from an access standpoint certainly from a uh, revenue standpoint undoubtedly no matter what formula uh is agreed to by the by the commissioners uh, going forward it's going to undoubtedly be be more revenue so uh, grateful for that obviously we all know we need need more resources and and certainly having a, a chance through our conference coffers uh, to have a have more coming in from our postseason football obligations, that would be very very good. So we don't know yet how much it's going to be, mm. uh, but clearly we can't ignore the business aspects of this, which is going to be important. 
would, would that be a thing where the the league or the conference that gets a team in would would see a little bit more as far as the finances go? Possibly, uh, but but what we see now is usually uh, you know there's considerable expenses involved with playing in those those games. So all those okay. conferences get a little bit more of an gotcha. expense allowance when you play. So you don't certainly go out of pocket to play in and represent a conference in that in that manner. Uh, but typically, it's it's some sort of revenue uh, split or or share that kind of uh, hit, hits all the conferences, if if you will. Which again, if there's a bigger pie, you would hope the bigger the piece of the pie, or certainly the value of that piece of the pie, will will, will certainly increase. I it's funny. Some people, you know, generally sports can build this and foster this to some degree. You know, want to nitpick, and the only nitpick that I've seen is you know it's going to. Uh, it's usually from people that are SEC-based thing, this kind of argument that it's going to decrease the importance. I, I laugh when I say it, decrease the importance of the regular season. Last time I checked, the NFL people watch the whole thing. Uh, they don't tune out on the playoffs until it gets down to the Final Four. Sure, you could have an extra blowout here and then, but, boy, the positives to me just blow any of that stuff away. What do you say to that? Oh, I agree. I mean, I think there's a lot more positive to this, and I, and I understand the that rationale because we are fortunate in the sport of college football that it really does have the best regular season in all of college sports, or all, all of sports probably in some ways. Yeah. But it also probably has maybe the least appealing uh, postseason <laughs> uh, of, of all sports. So, so you're trying to find a balance, I think, that between making sure you have a great regular season and, and, and postseason. And, and by not going too big, uh, when, you have, uh, when you have 130 teams basically at, at, at play in this thing, as opposed to you mentioned the NFL, you've got 32 teams, you know, they're still only whittling down to a certain amount. We're, you're whittling down 130 teams down to four currently. So <laughs> going from 130 <laughs> down to 12 will uh, will will certainly not uh, you know ruin a, a great uh, a great season. It, c it could diminish the importance of some games that were kind of be all end all games. Sure, but they're still going to be very very important. You know, and I talked in my press availability last week when we were talking about all the business items we had come out last week, particularly with the facility master plan. You can look at uh, you know maybe a next step, or maybe it was even discussed some last week. We don't really know for sure, but. You know, 12 seems like a logical next step, and that's what was proposed last summer, so I'm very, very supportive of it. But if it happened to have gone to 16, you know, you wonder if, uh, even though I'm sure some wouldn't necessarily like this, but if you went to, let's say, that that were the case, if all 10 conferences champion got in, and then you still had six at-large uh, availabilities for the conferences that have, have more, that would be very exciting as well, because the only reason I say that, again, back to the access point that I made before, but if you think about games that maybe right now everyone knows they're kind of out of the hunt and God forbid, maybe even September, certainly October. But if you're still challenging for a Sun Belt or an American or a MAC championships or an even an ACC championship in in November, those right. games mean a lot. You know, the, 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 the Toledo Akron game is a is a huge game because they're trying to get into that conference championship already. Hmm. Now knowing that, and then think about championship Saturday. Now would be very similar to what people love about uh, Bracket Buster Sunday or whatever it is during getting ready for the NCAA tournament when all 32 or 33 leagues that, are, that have automatics in the basketball tournament are fighting for that. So, again, that's that could be down in the future. But just think about, to me, that's, again, a great access point, and it's a great uh, – puts more, again, more emphasis on that conference championship and kind of creates some excitement that everyone that might not watch – uh, other leagues other than their favorite team might might take even greater interest in that. If you have a game, and I'll use the big conferences as an example, say a Kentucky versus you know Tennessee ma game, that <laughs> I don't think at this point you'd be saying, oh, the winner of this one's headed to the Music City Bowl. How cool is that? I mean, sure, there's some to that degree, but if that becomes a the winner of this one's probably going to get into the playoff, then <laughs> I think the excitement level goes through the roof. The reason I do like 12 is actually the 
I didn't propose it to anybody, just my thoughts in general. This was years ago. I like 12 because of the buy factor, and that increases the motivation, the incentive for the teams that know they're going to get in you know, the Alabamas of the world to keep on winning out and, and finish strong. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, in that uh, case, that's where I do ultimately. I, while while I s when I was just proposing the 16 team, no, I, uh, I, I see some things about that, but the 12 team is a fair and logical next step, and it still protects those that have achieved at the highest level so far right. in the playoff that uh, deserve that uh, advantage if they continue to perform like that at this elite level. If you're one of the top four, you're going to get that bye week, uh, you know, and, and that as, you know, you get rewarded for that kind of performance. And then again, then you've got, but then you're still kind of clawing to hope to get that five, six, seven, or eight seed host. because then you, you'll host that first round on campus. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of really neat components to this. So uh, it's a great step forward, uh, again, Still gives plenty of at-large to those larger conferences that, uh, um, you know, that perform better over these first uh, couple of years of the playoff history. So that's fair. And then it gives a little bit more access for uh, uh, conference champions, which, th which the commissioners have always said it was a priority of they always wanted to protect the uh, integrity of, a, of, of wanting to, to emphasize winning conference championships are still very, very important. But yet when some play very strong and aggressive non-conferences or if they have very deep leagues, you still deserve a chance to get into the playoff, and having six at-larges gives uh, enough enough teams, I think, a, a fair chance to do that. I know that Coach Scott was happy to hear about it, and, of course, you know, that's something that when the timing rolls into place, whether it's in two years or whenever it kicks in, that ultimately can tie back to Bulls fans and get us excited because, like you just said, if you win the American Athletic Conference, I'm liking some of these teams that are coming down the road in the future. You're, you're probably going to make – I mean, I mean, it'd be hard to imagine not making the playoffs unless, for example, and I know the league takes the top two now, the second place team was just a team maybe with an 8-4 and four record or something like that. But right. if you win the American, whenever this playoff kicks in, I mean, and USF is the team that we're hoping when it kicks in does win the American, gives you a lot of stuff to look forward to, right? Yeah, well, again, it, it's, it keeps an emphasis on conference championships. We all need to continue to get as good as we can be ourselves first and foremost. <laughs> but everybody else uh, in our league and, and, and all leagues need to need, need to look at that because they want to make sure their, their league's as strong as possible because you want that conference champion to be the highest ranked. So the fact that we are in a format where we don't really have divisions, it gives us the best chance to have our two best teams play in the conference championship game, which again is a smart move to give us the best chance to have our champion be ranked higher than you know than others. And uh, again, the key distinction between what this is and the others, not only the obvious 12 teams, but uh, again, in the past, to your point, we we were playing that they they used a nomenclature group of five, right? And the highest ranked group of five champion would get to go to one of the bowl games, which is still great. We still aspire to do that, but again, there's a big difference between doing that. And now actually being in a in a playoff uh, in, in in a playoff run, so huge huge differentiator. And again, it, the other key thing here is there's the only reasons the the last reason because I know I talked about revenue, I know I talked about access. Uh, the diminishment and the chipping away at the terminology group of five is important to USF, important to the American Athletic Association, American Athletic Conference. Um, you know, for a lot of reasons, there, there's nowhere else. The only reason the words Power Five and Group of Five even came about was for the selection process of the college football playoff to wow. be able to create access for those teams to go to a New Year's Six bowl game. Now it doesn't exist anymore, really. It, it doesn't say the quote-unquote Power Five highest-ranked champions and somebody else. It says the highest-ranked champion. So, again, there's there's years sometimes when maybe one of the current uh, Power Five conferences might have a champion that's either unranked or down in the 20s, and 
if our champions in the 16th or 16, 10, 12, even even one slot ahead, they would they would even be you know one of them. So it truly is meant to uh, again do do some of those conferences have an advantage and have deeper leagues uh, unquestionably. So they're going to be taking, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. And as a result, that terminology frankly shouldn't won't exist and shouldn't exist once this format starts up. Uh, I said that I'd always considered 12 teams to be a, the right number. It's so cool that it's working out. One other day, another show, obviously, and you, uh, until then you could tell me who to contact on the college basketball side. I've got the perfect 100-team format, but that's another show. Now you We'll, uh, get, that. we'll get that going. <laughs> it's, it's a great system, trust me. Uh, but you mentioned you know not having divisions. I don't need any inside scoop here, but do you know when, slash if we can expect something for next year's football setup because there's going to be 14 teams and – the schedule will have to be handled somehow. Yeah, it'll be coming together s soon. Uh, we haven't seen the uh, the exact rollout quite quite yet, but we've had discussions of it in our summer meetings and our spring meetings. So um, Scott Draper, who's our associate commissioner for football, and uh, his his staff are working at uh, you know out in Dallas at our conference office on developing that because yeah, we're all very eager to see yeah. at least at least who our opponents are. We won't know till February, uh, you know, the exact dates like we typically do, but uh, but we should know. Uh, yeah, at least know who our who our rotational partners will be and who who will play uh, from a, from a conference standpoint. So, so just to wrap up the CFP talk, I mean, again, big it was big news. I think it's bigger news for our fans, whether they want to realize it or not, because I know we haven't been um, in contention and haven't haven't been been ranked yet by the CFP uh, folks. Even though that first year of the CFP we were ranked uh, throughout the entire season in the in the AP top 25. Mm -hmm. um, but when you when you evaluate it, it's really great for a lot of reasons, mainly because uh, as we as the American Athletic Conference uh, continue to all work together to make our football product as good as it can be, uh, knowing that we now have a, a legitimate pathway that when you win that conference, you have a, a, a strong possibility of being accepted into that college football playoff, and that's, and that's huge. But again, don't think for a second that the Mountain West and Sunbelt and MAC and Conference USA all sure. aren't striving to do the same thing, so we need to continue to do what we're uh, we're all doing to kind of make football a, a priority and make sure we have a good league and also make sure we continue to play good non-conference games. And frankly, we, we are a leader in that. Obviously, we play a very strong non-conference schedule, and that, that allows us when all things align. Um, there'll be no doubt about our strength of schedule com compared to to everybody else. Bulls have definitely got that part of it covered for sure. Uh, now, on to something else that took place this week. Uh, Board of Trustees meeting on Tuesday, and it was much anticipated that at least if not officially, these are your firms that the firms that we have selected uh, would be revealed and tell people who they are and what's sort of the steps from here. Yeah, it's been, uh, again, uh, it's always great to take a step back to when you think about it. Every time we have one of these board of trustee meetings, we, we have the opportunity to present to them and give them a, an appropriate update. Uh, and when I step back and just think that it's almost a year to the day when Will Weatherford and Rhea Law actually stood at the podium at the uh, groundbreaking for the IPF and said this is going to be our next thing right and to get to this point within a year's period of time f quite frankly from start to finish is a is a light speed type process huh. I know sometimes people don't think that should be that long or that it isn't but again to go from complete concept to updating a feasibility study to getting a lot of necessary people on campus to focus on this and rally around it to select a, pr a recommended site uh, and then ultimately to now uh, go through an entire process of, of uh, identifying who would be our design build firms uh, to work forward is really, really good. So we always projected what we call our project planning phase to kind of run from last September until 
maybe as late as uh, this October, and we're right on pace for that. Because what we did through this process over the summer is we put out a basically a bid process that uh, three major uh, teams came together because there's a design component of this and there's a construction component of this where dozens and hundreds of suppliers and vendors and obviously major construction companies all d decided how they were going to put their team together and bid for this. So they were actual teams. It wasn't just uh, right. design one and construction. Still, and there's still together. opportunity when we get farther to get down to the nitty-gritty of everything that's provided okay. inside there. But when you... There, there's, there's got to be a team put together of a design firm, and a, and a, and a construction firm. And ironically, some of these firms have worked together on different projects, you know, throughout kind of interchangeable parts on different projects across the country. So, these folks had to strategize in their own right how to put their team together to put their proposal into USF for this evaluation. So, at the end of the day, we had uh, three top-notch uh, uh, you know, combinations that were put forth. Uh, extremely hard to, hard decision, but ultimately we went uh, with a team that's uh, uh, known as Barton Mallow is the group that's the construction manager side, and then Populous uh, is is doing the uh, design phase. So that'll kind of uh, having a team work together that allows you next the main emphasis for the next probably 14 to 16 months is really on design, mm -hmm. but being able to do it now with this combined team, they can do we can do that whole process not only with our envisioning and, and dreams of what we'd like to put in there, but being able to then work hand-in-hand -hand with the construction team and with the pre-construction work to really come up with you know, getting good feels for budgets even as we make key decisions along the way so we don't get too far ahead of ourselves. And then I would suggest probably by the second quarter, you know, by the summer of 2024 is when the design work should all be done. <laughs> and that's when the construction starts in earnest because we know it'll, it'll be somewhere between, you know, 18 to 24 months to actual of the actual construction work to... Uh, uh, to build and have us ready for a 2026. So, you know, it was uh, the good news is the timeline is continued. We've, we've excellent. Bottom line, we've we've achieved a lot in a year. The timeline keeps us on pace for what our president and our chairman would like, which is a um, fall of 2026 opening for the new stadium. So we're staying on target for that. <laughs> and now again, now having selected Barton Mallow and and, and Populous, they'll. Uh, uh, begin work in, in, in very short time. We'll, we'll probably spend a good part of the re remainder of this month just finalizing the, the contracts with them, uh, getting every, all the scope done completely. And then I would imagine October through, again, pretty much all of next year for the most part, doing heavy-duty design. So we'll have visioning exercises, uh, lots of folks with a lot of input, uh, just a whole lot of design, taking things into account like you know, things that we want, amenities, other uses, environmental aspects of things, huh. uh, all kinds of things that go into it. And at the end of the day, uh, again, it was a very hard decision. Uh, but w what I think we, the committee uh, was most struck by was when I talk about how many times these great firms can work together, this, this team, this com particular combined team of Barton Mallow and, and Populous have worked together on 43 different major projects wow. of similar matters. So when you think about that, uh, when you're splitting hairs about how to go one way or another, uh, maybe that that continuity of them working together as a good team and putting together a great team forward made a lot of sense. They had the, uh, the you know the best proposed fee of of what was going on, which is obviously important. <laughs> but then the way they also kind of uh, presented ways of uh, again taking into account um, you know environmental aspects, uh, taking into account how we can engage with uh, USF students, USF uh, faculty, uh, not only in terms of providing input for design ideas. But even when we come down to thinking of, um, again, involvement, this, this can in many ways be like a living laboratory for the next three or four years of, of uh, a lot of very uh, 
a lot of different disciplines here as a higher institution of higher education, whether it's, again, it could be architecture, it could be construction, it could be, uh, you know, communications, anyone that could potentially be getting involved in, in kind of helping to create this and, and, and living this in real time. Because let's face it, it's going to be one of the biggest construction projects in the history of this uh, school, if not the biggest. So it's going to be a, be a big, big deal. So finding ways to interrelate with uh, students and faculty is a really big deal. And another major focus of that too was, was uh, you know, how do you do things with the community and not necessarily just to it, and and finding ways to uh, involve uh, diversity suppliers. Uh, they've put forth a uh, a goal of, of of having in excess of 35 percent of, uh, of of our spend on this overall project be with uh, with with uh, diversity suppliers, which is a great uh, excellent great goal, and and kind of shows that commitment that the university has to. Uh, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. So when you kind of add all that up, uh, I think all the respondents took all those things very seriously, but at the end of the day, this is the group that was recommended to move forward with. Curious on a couple things. Maybe the audience is thinking the same thing when you're when they're making their pitches, per se. Do they show you what they've done? I know, obviously, they show you what they've done, but do, do they show you a possible ideas for your stadium, or is it just like a blank slate? Uh, well, of course, you know, what you really see, uh, again, we, we, the whole design process will kind of unveil different ideas and renderings that we'll ultimately have and work forward with that we'll be able to showcase with, because that's what you need to fundraise with. That's what you need to be able to sell suites and premium seating with and that sort of thing, so that we're still a handful of months away from that. Um, but yeah, you know, they go through uh, kind of their mindset and how, how, what's the process they take to get there? What projects have they worked on, you know, before? What are some solutions they might have found to different, different challenges before? So, if they, when they do share things, they usually share things that they've done before, show how those those might be good fits for certain things, and and if they, you know, again identify things, it's it's not meant to be exactly what what's going to happen here, but it is showing the their mindset in terms of things what what could be done here. So yeah, we'll see a little bit of that as that comes to as that comes to fruition, at least some of their preliminary thoughts, which again could, I always caution people, that could be 100%, 180 degrees different from what sure. ends up happening, but at least it kind of shows the um, mindset of how they approach an opportunity. And then as the actual design part is, is happening, how often are you going to meet with them? How many folks from the university are going to be involved? I'm guessing the football coaches want to have their say. Like, what is that going to be like? Uh, everyone will have, you know, there will be a lot of people that want to have their say, and a big part of the design responsibility is to take great ideas. And, again, we even through the this current, uh, you know, pre-planning aspect of things, we've, we've heard from a lot of people. We've talked to students. We've had surveys. We've talked to the faculty senate. We've talked to a lot of entities. Uh, the whole feasibility study gave us a lot of input from fans even before we started this thing, mm -hmm. but there'll be there'll be more specificity toward that coming forward. And, and again, when you think about, you know, certainly football, lacrosse, uh, uh, what are the other other academic components, other health-related components that that might be going to this thought, uh, other hospitality components that make sense. So who knows? The sky really is the limit. This is the time for ideas. Then these great uh, folks can kind of scale it down, present it for us, so that when we have to make hard decisions based on what our eventual budget is, we can do that. But the bottom line is, what's great about this whole thing is we'll be able to have something uniquely uh, our own, one that's designed for us, but designed by us, and uh, to be right size for what our needs are, and to be branded the way we want it to be branded is uh, ex exhilarating, really, and very exciting. So these next. Uh, Four years are really going to be a, an awesome living laboratory, like <laughs> I said, for the, for this university and for its stakeholders. Uh, I'll also say a little thing. I know we talk a lot about the Selman Mentoring Institute. We've talked about other ways in, of involvement. You know, the, this particular group also brought forth in their presentation uh, 
some folks that were actually uh, you know former student athletes here at USF. They're already members of their team. There you go. <laughs> uh, that talked about how they were. Uh, you know that they were actually uh, mentees in a in the Selman Mentoring Institute, so it's kind of great to see, you know, some of the vision of Leroy and Clay Selman coming together to kind of. That's wow. exactly what they would have wanted out of this to kind of say, "Wow, we're going to have not only student athletes, which is awesome, uh, but then to have the student body and to have others kind of have a, a role in, in this, which is really really nice." Wow, it sounds like the the firm picked us, and uh, along with vice versa. That's great, um, and of course, I'll probably have a good idea as far as a design idea notion to throw out every other show or something like that. That'd be great. First one is going to be I'm looking at the iconic U logo, and I'm thinking that the sidewalk somehow leading up to the, the the entrances on each side can sort of go out in that pattern, and you can see and looking down on the stadium, the the entrance way kind of looking like the iconic logo i mean that's mark it down right no it's an iconic logo there's a lot of great ways to brand it but again the bottom line is when we talk about we can brand this uh in our special way is uh is unique so so that's somehow comes together excellent (laughs) um now one other thing that we meant it was a busy show last week that we never got around to and it just happened (laughs) we have to say thank goodness for it russ Chiwa is back. Actually, he arrived after the show taped, I think, over the weekend. Uh, yeah. Give what you've been able to entail from his reaction and Coach Gregory's reaction to the big man being home, at least at his school home. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to say thank you to all of uh, Bulls Nation. I know our listeners uh, got on it, the different uh, reporters across the country. A lot of different citizens wrote their congressmen and senators, wow. and, and all of them were very receptive. So. All that really helped at least garner some more focus and attention on this this uh, his particular visa to be uh, looked at and processed, and really it just became you know a backlog of of work. And so without that kind of attention, it seemed like that's what it took for people to to, to be able to get that push forward. So we're, we're very grateful. Uh, Russ is very grateful and and uh, excited to be be back and be back with his teammates and his coaches and, and ready to go. So he got back on Saturday afternoon. And uh, I know met with Coach Gregory for breakfast on Sunday morning, and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> after he slept, because I know he wanted to just go to bed after getting back then. But you know now back, you know doing the individual workouts along with his teammates now, and have a couple weeks of that, and then we'll start uh, team practice here in a few weeks. So we're very very grateful to have Russ back, and I know he is as well. It's interesting how it took a, a huge team effort. It took uh, uh, not only everyone working hard at the university with our. USF world people, with our USF government relations people, with uh, obviously the entire basketball and athletic department staff. But again, many of our fans definitely stepped up and talked to anyone they could uh, with contacts at the state department, contacts at the federal government, contacts with their local congressman or woman. So all of it helped, and we're very grateful to Bulls Nation for for rallying together. Well, if something positive like that happens uh, the moment after we – Stop recording this. We'll bring it up next week, and hopefully something even in that ballpark will take place. This has been Bull Speed Ahead, presented by Tampa General Hospital. For Michael Kelly, the namesake of the show, I'm Derek Sharp. Horns up. This has been Bull Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. The show is presented by Tampa General Hospital. New episodes debut every Friday on USF Bulls Unlimited with plenty of chances of catching the show on replay. For airtimes, check out our Twitter page at Bulls Unlimited. Horns up. For almost two decades, Tampa General has been named one of the nation's best hospitals by U.S. News and World Report. This year in seven specialties, ear, nose, and throat, diabetes and endocrinology, gastroenterology and GI surgery, 
obstetrics and gynecology, orthopedic surgery, pulmonology and lung surgery, and rehabilitation. Tampa General Hospital, other hospitals practice medicine. We define it.